Here we are back again. (laughs) (laughs) Recording already off to a good start as Luke just backs away and sips his beer. It's the dregs. (laughs) I'm Aaron at the Gasketing Beer Podcast, along with Luke, who uh, wanted to start the show today. Hey, Luke. Yep. Hello. You already heard from me today. (laughs) (laughs) And then Chris from Van Pours. What's up? What's up? Uh, And we're back and it's the end of the year. You know, our rigorous production schedule here with this show. (laughs) People can't uh, keep up. Well, you know, there's just, we, including ourselves, the content that we are just churning out on an hourly basis is just, uh, it's just so, it's just so much and so good. It's just hard to keep up. Did we ever start that? Luke, do you ever start that TikTok page? Uh, no, but we're deep into R and D for, for the page. You don't want to launch it prematurely and then come out with some, some lame content that flops. Right. So um, give it a couple we'll, years, wait it. until the app's not popular anymore. I see, I see where you're going. Yep. Yeah, we'll be on there as soon as there's less competition on there. We'll hop on. Right. So uh, here we are. It is coming up to the end of the year as we're taping this, guys. And don't know about you. That year went by in a flash. Um, And so we have a few things to talk about on the show today and a few things to catch up on, too, because we're now out of fresh hop season. Chris and I attended the BC Beer Awards and yeah, just basically highlights of the year and uh, what we want to look forward to uh, once the calendar turns over. I am sad to say to our hardcore fans as well, we did not get uh, topless uh, dregs holiday calendar together in time for uh, 2023. Um, well, you never I mean, made that call or else I would have thrown my shirt at you. And well, because we both. have the fantastic photographer and Luke. So, you know, like we're, we got the pieces together. So, yeah, I have my photos ready. I was waiting for two of you to submit yours. I was wondering why you had a bearskin rug in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the fireplace over here. So you just bring the bearskin over here and then we'll, we'll we'll start the shoot. How Sunday we can do a rush print job at friends of the podcast at jukebox print. Yeah, (laughs) let's go. I mean, they did that fabulous job of the limited edition drag stickers, which, uh, were flying everywhere at the BC Beer Awards, but we'll talk that about that in a bit. So, <laughs> time for a quick catch up. Chris, you uh, ventured off to Mexico and uh, had a little holiday down there with some beer. And uh, yeah, how 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 was it? Yeah, Mexico City was was an absolute time. Yeah. So, as some of the listeners may know from my previous ramblings, um, my wife Sabrina works in in tourism, so she was down there in Mexico City for a couple of weeks for work. So. I tagged along perks of being her husband and yeah, like the first week I just took fully off work and just explored the city. So we were kind of on the, one of the main strips, um, in kind of a fairly, I would say busy area. Um, but kind of once you got past the main frontage road there and some of the big kind of town squares, you kind of bopped into like a little area called Roma. And next to it was the, the area called Condesa. And they kind of had a feel similar to, I guess I would equate it to Mount Pleasant and like commercial drive, like lots of local businesses, cafes, bakeries, breweries, tons of restaurants, retail shops. And there was like the town, what I, I didn't really realize going into this was like how lush it was with like greenery. Like it, I figured, oh, a big city, like it's going to be just like very like concrete jungle. I don't know why I was picturing something like, I guess, LA, but it was completely different than I guess what I pictured. Clearly, I'm not a huge traveler. But yeah, I spent the first week just roaming around and checking out all the, the these great bakeries and cafes. And I'd usually end up in the afternoon at local brewery or just kind of tap room. So 
what yeah i didn't realize as well that i figured i figured they had a decent beer scene from a little bit of the research i did but when i got there i was like okay like craft beer is clearly like an up-and-coming thing here so some of the the highlights on the beer side were cervecera cypress which was like a fairly small little brewery just kind of on the i think the edge of roma and they had like a tap list of about 16 beers and it was cool that they had like half of their own beers and then they also brought on other beers in their tasting room as well so they had a pretty decent tap list there and then yeah i just hung out there for an afternoon kind of trying as many things as i as i could and kind of staggered back to the the hotel later that evening there was also this place called falling piano brewery which was a, a huge tap room falling piano literally because they ha- uh, hung a piano from the roof and it kind of overhangs the actual brewery someone was brewing while i was in there so the place smelled amazing but i was also thinking i'm like it's a little sketchy that uh, you look up as the brewer and you've got this piano just like hanging over your head every day. I don't know, a little, a little sus, but they had a wicked lineup. And then I actually got a DM, can't remember what, uh, one of the BC Brewery Instagram accounts, I can't remember who off the top of my head, but they were like, oh, did you try the barbecue there? And I'm like, oh, I didn't. But like they did have this great barbecue spot attached to Falling Piano Brewery. So for anybody that goes to Mexico City, apparently the barbecue is really good. And then there were some other just like little kind of craft beer bars. Hop the Beer Experience was one where they just had like awesome, awesome staff. And they had like a wicked lineup of like 20 beers and super helpful trying to educate me on like what ones I should try. So, I, yeah, I spent a lot of time just chilling, walking around. And the cafe scene there is like crazy. Like it, I thought Vancouver has a good coffee scene, but like there, I think they take it to even another level. It seems like every block you go down has like three or four coffee shops and and most of them are pretty pretty damn good outside of beer and coffee like we obviously had to do some some touristy stuff too so we hit up a lucha libra wrestling show which was like just pandemonium like didn't know what to expect i figured it'd be crazy i've never seen live wrestling but like it was just out of this world there was a lot of people in town actually for the nfl game that was on the, the monday after the first kind of week we were there, they had a 49ers playing in Mexico City. Everybody all like week, it seemed like, was just walking around in their 49ers gear leading up to the game. And the whole people, the row in front of us at the wrestling show were all in their 49ers gear and they were going ham. Like they were absolutely crushing beers and just like cheering their cheering their faces off. And they were educating us also on like the history of the wrestling because we didn't know that much about the characters. And one of the like og lucha libre wrestlers actually got recognized and they presented like an award which seemed like pretty cool like in between matches and he did this big speech he like went up there with his cane and still had his mask on and everything like fully like committed to the character so i don't know like a cool like cultural thing that i was really like stoked we we experienced and then yeah we did like the museum of anthropology which i'd highly recommend for anyone going to mexico city to just learn more about like mexico's past also in just a super beautiful building like the architecture there is is really neat yeah those are like some of the big highlights we checked out the pyramids as well which another obviously big touristy thing sabrina's choked that i didn't do the hot air balloons over the pyramids now I have this like slight fear of heights, I would say. And when she proposed like going up in a hot air balloon in like a city that I don't know, first time there in a foreign country, like I'm thinking also these baskets are pretty, pretty tiny. I don't know. I was like too sketched out about it. I'm like, 
no way i'm not doing the hot air balloons and then she showed me a picture of some co-workers that did it and then i was like well actually it's a pretty pretty sweet view so i don't know maybe next time we'll oh we'll you spoiled her romantic idea man yeah i know she was yeah she huge it would have been a huge date big big date romance level is all-time high i'm scared of like two th- main things and i think it's standing too close to horses and hot air balloons i don't think i would ever get into a hot air balloon it's just unless they're tethered to the ground like what do you you're just at the whim <laughs> of the wind right can you even call it a hot air balloon at that point if it's just tethered to the ground it's just a hot balloon going nowhere fast it's just a basket <laughs> hey chris did you notice like at those breweries where there are specific types of specific styles of beers that were more popular than others and more prominent it's a good question it seemed really diverse like they had it seemed like most breweries had a pretty wide range like i don't think i went to any brewery that really maybe specialized in a certain style there was a fair amount of loggers i tried some really good saisons set like breweries over there definitely doing sours some good stouts had a really nice stout at service era cypress fallen piano had like a really good milk stout um and they also had like a i believe it was a I can't remember if it was tequila or mezcal, like barrel aged stout as well. That was really good. And then there was a few other breweries like Principia, which was another like highly regarded brewery out there. I walked super far to get to that one. It was like an hour away from our hotel. So it was like quite the hike back. But I had one of their hazy IPAs because that seems like that was what they were kind of known for. And it was it was really solid. But yeah, it seemed like they kind of had everything like it wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't going anywhere and being like, oh, I can't find this style. Like, it seemed like you could get whatever you want. Well, and then with that, did you bring any beer back? And are you currently enjoying one? I didn't bring any beer back from Mexico City. Just, I don't know. I find the like packing beer in the bag is like a bit of a process. Although I say that, but we also (laughs) did bring back a bunch of like the, they have the like legit like vanilla there the vanilla like legit vanilla extract so we actually brought some of that back for baking and for for gifts but i brought back a bunch of coffee because yeah there was just so many good cafes and that also roasted their own beans so it was like yeah i gotta bring some of this back also easier to pack yeah oh and then yeah what are we drinking right now well i'm not drinking a beer from mexico city but i am drinking one of my favorite I i would call it a winter seasonal i think although i've had it actually in the summer Originally at VCBW way back in the day, the uh, Tofino Brewing Kelp Stout. Yeah. And it is, it is Fuego. It is a damn good beer that I have not had in a long time. I never see it on shelves. So I saw it today at Darby's Kits. I'm like, yizzer. What are you guys (laughs) doing? Right, Luke, what are are you enjoying? I'm just having a good old Zilker. What is a good old Zilker? (laughs) (laughs) It's Zilker Brewing and it's from... Austin, Texas, and it's a coffee milk stout I'm having. So I went down to Seattle last weekend, and a friend of mine is a, he works for a company who has some offices in Austin, so he he kind of goes there every few months, and he we did a, a little bit of a beer swap of, of things that I had that I picked up in uh, Bellingham on Aaron's recommendation. So I got in return some of these coffee milk stouts, and it's good. Never had this beer. I've never even heard of it, but it's like a nice, smooth, nice hint of sweetness, nice kind of milky coffee yeast out to be having at 7.30 p.m. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, bold choice. <laughs> yeah, it's like sounds delicious, but that's a bold choice. <laughs> it's good. I'm I'm okay with it. You, you could uh, follow that up with one of my recommendations being the cabin fever uh, that you picked up uh, from Boundary Bay in Bellingham. What did you think of that beer? It was good. It's a big one. I was like, 
you told us about the cabin fever being kind of like a, a winter ale, and I was like, cool. That, yeah, that's go. my go-to winter ale. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good, but it's eight and a half percent, so it's not not like the you know the Granville Island winter ale we all grew up drinking, which is lighter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's nice. It's like super complex and like super warm, spicy, and it was it was a nice one. We got it on Friday, heading down and. You know, cracked it open when we got to our friend's place on Friday night, and it was just one of those classic Pacific Northwest nights where it was, you know, pouring nonstop, cold as hell, and it was hit the spot perfectly. And when we were pulling into Bellingham, I feel the need to mention this. And Aaron, you're you're from that part of the world, so I yeah, the city of subdued excitement. Yep. Yeah, I wonder if you might have any insight on this. But we pulled off of the highway, and we were about maybe two or three blocks away from Boundary Bay Brewing, and we're you know at a light making a left turn, just waiting for the light to turn green. And on the far corner, I see a woman holding a kitten. And I go, oh, that's so cute. Look, a lady with a kitten. And as we make the left turn, we, of course, approach the corner and get a little closer to her. And I look at this cute little kitten just to realize that it's full-grown possum she's holding with his <laughs> pointy-ass nose with it and its sharp-ass teeth snarling. And she was kind of cradling it, holding it on its back like a baby, so it had its little, you know, human-y hands out. And I've, I don't think I've ever seen a possum in my life, in real life, just in photos. But that there it was, wild. marsupial in Bellingham. Is that, does that All happen right. often? Well, I mean, that's Lauren that you saw there. And <laughs> no, I don't know who that is. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were so serious. I'm like, Bellingham ain't that small. Uh, no, but it doesn't surprise me. Bellingham is a, a very eclectic place. Uh, it is kind of Portland North in that way. So, yeah, it's, it is a weird place. It's cool, though. I mean, when we kind of pulled up to Boundary Bay, it's in a really cool part of town, like like you said, kind of like a Portland North, it's got some really cool, like old historical buildings. And mm-hmm. we, and you know, uh, went- the, the car park there that you probably parked in across the street from Boundary yeah. Bay that actually turns into the farmer's market on the weekend. So. Nice. Yeah. That's a nice little part of the, part of the town. And a- around the corner, we, so we bought the beer and then we said, oh, you know, we could use a coffee. So we went for a walk and we found a cat cafe on the same block, just on the other side. So we went in there. No, uh, no possums to be found in there, right? It was full of possums. There were no cats. <laughs> <laughs> they don't uh, have cats in Bellingham. It's only possums. Uh, they've rebranded no, was, the. They've rebranded <laughs> possums. Yeah. Giving them a giving them a fresh start. The Bellingham cat. <laughs> we also call alligators crocodiles and crocodiles alligators down there too. So yes. <laughs> but this this cat cafe was. It looked really cool. Unfortunately, we were. It was one of those places you need to book ahead if, you know, obviously, because you don't want a thousand people going in there, stressing out a bunch of cats for adoption. But I think next time we head down there, we'll kind of book a slot to make sure we can go in and enjoy some some cat and possum time. All right. Well, I am enjoying a Libra, um, which is a sub brand of Upstreet Brewing out of uh, Prince Edward Island. And this is their stout. So it's a non-alcoholic stout. And uh, yeah, it's so Libra being the non-alcoholic brand of Upstreet Brewing. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty fantastic. Very chocolatey, malty. That's what you want in a stout. Really enjoying that. Uh, I do need to give him a shout out because I do know he listens to the show. And I should have I should have given you a heads up, Chris, before <laughs> you went down to Mexico because I texted you while you're in Mexico going, oh, by the way, you need to go check out my friend's place. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So got to give a shout out to Glenn over at Interstellar Brewing. 
Yeah, his brewery is located in Toluca, yeah, which is outside of Mexico City. But got to give a shout out to Glenn, and hopefully I can make it down to Mexico someday soon and uh, go and visit the brewery there because, yeah, he's been building that up for the past few years. Also, I've never been to Mexico and be nice to go. And then while I'm giving shout outs, well, big shout out to Lillooet Brewing up in where else but Lillooet. They're finally open. So Sam, who is uh, well-known in the uh, BC uh, beer community as the organic hops guy, uh, has finally opened up his own brewery with a couple other people and up in Lillooet, they're growing hops out there. Um, So it's kind of a farm thing, I believe, but definitely need to go up when the roads thaw out a bit. (laughs) Weather's a little bit nicer to make it up north to Lillooet. Congratulations to them. They are open. Branding is on point and... Yeah, it just looks like a really, really, really cool spot. That tasting That's room dope. looks awesome. Like the views out of those windows. Yeah. You get the mountain ranges and the kind of sweeping hills. Looks wicked. And yeah, that branding nice. I love the illustrations everywhere. Yeah. Big shout out to that team. And then also today, this being the gift giving season, popped on down to Friends of the Podcast Prototype Coffee because they have just released their Christmas and Christmas Eve coffees for twenty twenty two. And ooh. Boy, am I looking forward to cracking those open. The Christmas Eve coffee this year is low caffeine and it is meant to be enjoyed with your dessert after Christmas Eve dinner. That's smart. So really fruity floral notes. And the Christmas one this year has some cinnamon notes into it. The owner, Matt, down there said, uh, yeah, there's a bit of controversy because people think that they're uh, putting cinnamon into the beans. Um, But the (laughs) supplier says, no, like that's just that's what we're getting from from the bean itself. (laughs) Cinnamon beans. People are too used to Starbucks. They're like, what (laughs) did you (laughs) what syrups did you put in this? So. uh, So, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. If uh, you are, you know, kind of listening to this and thinking like, hey, what is a nice thing I can get somebody? Uh, yeah, prototype ships across Canada and then also to the States, but I mean, I'm sure it won't arrive in time in the States if you order it now, but I mean, Christmas coffees, it's ever since prototype is opened, probably my fifth Christmas buying their coffee. Well, I mean, like I always buy their coffee otherwise, but the coffee, the Christmas coffee specifically my fifth year. Um, and I've taken it over to Finland as well. And there was, this guy a <laughs> there promo were, code. Will you prototype? Yeah. Like, come I need, on. He's, I need a promo code. He's like the number one salesman right now at this point. Well, like, and then I'm about to go then, down there and just give them my whole next paycheck. Yeah, I know. And then uh, Matt did say he listens to our show and he will come on and correct all the mistakes that we've been making in our coffee episodes in the past. So that is something to look forward to in the new year here on the directs. So thank God. Cause we make a lot of mistakes. We just need like a, a fact checker on our team. Yeah, <laughs> just to uh, chime he could be, in. Every... He could be like 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 uh, the podcast armchair experts. He can be like our fact check segment where yeah. he just tells us everything we did wrong in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but then I also while I was down there as well, I had one of those fantastic waffles that we've had when we yeah. had on on the coffee oh, yeah. episode, and paired that with a dealer's choice coffee. So I forgot to take a photo of what exactly it was that he served me, but it was a fantastic coffee. So dealer's choice. That's a fun concept. Um, Aaron, before we move on, I want to go back quickly to your, your buddies at interstellar out of Toluca. Mm -hmm. Um, so funny enough, I was at one of the breweries that I've I've mentioned surveys for service, Sarah Cypress, uh, and a couple guys pull up next to me at the bar, just having a beer, watching the world cup and I start chatting with them. And it turns out they actually both are from another brewery in Toluca. So I'm, of course, mentioned Interstellar and they knew those guys and that team over there. 
and, and spoke very, very highly of them. So then we, I was chatting beer with them for a little bit at the bar and we were, yeah, trying different beers and it was kind of cool. And, and, uh, so you were close, but not. Uh, yeah, that close. I, was, I, I was like, so how far is Toluca? And like, it's not that far. I'm like, oh, I just don't think I can make it out. But uh, yeah, it seems like it seems like they've got a pretty pretty sweet beer scene over in Toluca as well. So that might be next time I, I go to Mexico, I might have to make a stop there. All right. Well, so yeah, there's the quick kind of semi personal catch ups of things. And I mean, the thing that we really need to catch up on is uh, it was fresh hop season. And so you guys just published an article. And what did you discover this year, Chris, about all the fresh hop beers? Well, um, first of all, you're going to have to go to vampores.com to get our full thoughts, which are still fairly brief because like people don't want to read too long articles these days. Let's, let's be serious. But you know, there is a ton of awesome fresh hop beers this year. And I think number one, like the guys, the crews that have been, or breweries, I should say that have been putting out fresh hop beers, like kind of the same beer, maybe they're slightly tweaking the recipe year after year. We found that they're still killing it. So, you know, Strathcona's fresh hop sour, we've got Backcountry's Maple Bay IPA. I finally tried Driftwood's fresh hop, which like this is the first oh, year yeah. they did it in tall cans, but you know, everybody's obviously talking about that every single year is the one you got to try. It's always kind of the best or one of the best. And you know, when people hype something up for so long, but you've never actually tried it, you're kind of like, ah, is the hype real? Well, the hype was real. It was an awesome beer and cool that they're doing it in, in cans. And I just, you know, shout out Hoppa Fett because I saw him post that he picked up a few cans at Darby's Kits and like the next day on my lunch break, I dipped out over there and picked up a few cans because I'm like, it's going to sell out. And the guy at the and, till... And, and this time you didn't have to ask him to put it in the sales system for you and speak to the manager. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had that one in the system, but I think like just barely because when I got in there, the guy literally had a flat of like cans behind the till of that beer. So they weren't even in the fridge and they're ringing me, they're ringing a couple cans up for me and the cashier looks at me and is like, I've had like four people call me this morning about this beer. Like, well, like, why is it so special? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't had it before, but like, it must be good if people are calling about it. So it, it was excellent. Want to give a shout out to our buddy, Jeremy, who who hosted uh, a fairly decent sized crew over there at his apartment um, in, in stadium, just near stadium, Skytrain station there. He's got an awesome location to be able to zip over there via transit and have a good and good time and get home responsibly but yeah um uh, yeah it was just awesome to see some people that like our buddy todd that we hadn't seen in you know i hadn't seen him since before the pandemic probably and obviously just everybody brings you know a few fresh hot beers and we we get to kind of yeah try a little bit of everything and have a lot of laughs and luke takes some pictures of us kind of looking like goofballs and we usually have an int intentions of writing like detailed notes but then you just get so caught up in catching up with everyone that they just enjoy the beer, which is, is kind of what it's all about anyway. So, yeah. And then there was, I mean, unfortunately, like anything with like seasonals and kind of one-off recipes, like some of the ones that I'd never seen before, new recipes, there, there was a couple duds. Like, got to be honest, there was this couple beers where like, this seems like it has a serious off flavor. Something, <laughs> something went wrong here or like, I don't know. And, you know, some of these fresh hot beers probably like, you know, if you're drinking them a month, month and a half after they've been released, maybe it's not ideal. Maybe it, like, I'm sure they no. want you to drink them like a week or two after they're released, but we didn't. So maybe didn't part of that's that. our fault, but <laughs> I don't know. There's a, there's a few duds in there, uh, but there were so many good ones that it more than made up for it. 
Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. So many good ones. I like some of the highlights for me. Of course, the yellow dog ones, Alpha Dog, mm-hmm. solid as always, and of course, Dagrad's Wet Hop Blonde. Like, yep, they can't do anything wrong over there. Shout so. out to Ali from Dagrad for for bringing that one over for us too, straight yeah. from the source. But overall, a wicked lineup. Like you said, Chris Strathcona's that fresh hop sour again. Just another knocked it out of the park. But yeah, good lineup. And what like what we've seen over the years is you know breweries are breweries that are making fresh hop beers. They're starting. You're starting to see more than just pale ales and IPAs, which is great. But I would say this year actually the maybe more than previous years that it seemed like it went back to mainly pale ales and IPAs. But of course, you've got a lot of varieties in there we had some kind of lower abv ipa options there's some hazy ipas west coast versions we've got some double ipas like so there's still a good a good mix because i think when when bc brewery started doing the big fresh hop trend it was pretty much all west coast ipas and you know your palate just gets absolutely blasted after like yeah just sampling only west coast ipas all night they all start tasting kind of similar so it's nice that there is a, a good variety and all the information and more with lovely photos taken by Luke over at Van Pours. Yeah. Com. If we're not painting you a good enough word picture, go check out Luke's uh, crispy shots over on the blog. All right. And then the next thing uh, that also happened since uh, we last got together here on the podcast was the BC Beer Awards. First time back because of the pandemic in the last couple of years. Um, so there were some format changes. There was um, a, a kind of a surprise, too, that I don't think we were really expecting until it happened and a whole lot more. So through the magical powers of the investment that we've made here in technology at the Dregs, we're going to travel back in time and uh, hear from myself and Chris a few weeks ago. Here we are, BC Beer Awards 2022 with Chris. Hello. Yo, yo. How are you doing? Doing good, man. It's good to be back. 2019, last time the BC Beer Awards were hosted. It's been two-year hiatus due to the pandemic. But we're The back. thing. The thing. The big thing. She, he who shall not be named, equivalent to like Voldemort. Yeah, man. You can feel the, the energy buzzing around here as they're quickly setting everything up. The space looks great. Big change for this year is is tall cans. Yeah, so it's tall cans, and they have them all separated by styles, which is cool. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I was already talking to our friend of the podcast, Dave, over there, and I was like, I don't know, man. I kind of like the boost with the breweries, but let's see how this goes. So, yeah, what, what are your first impressions? I like what, what Kelly from um, the BCBA organization group, what she said is, like, they want to give breweries a chance to celebrate. Because normally... You know, they, especially ones that aren't based in the lower mainland, you know, you bring a small crew to the awards, you're usually stuck behind the booth, pouring your beers all night, and you don't really get to celebrate all the work that you've done over the course of the year. So giving them a chance to actually enjoy the festivities, try beers from from their fellow breweries and just, yeah, enjoy all the work uh, is, is really cool. So it's, it's a, it's a change up, but also, you know, getting to see all the cool artwork, right? Cause that's a, that's a huge element the craft beer industry and marketing craft beer so that's another cool spin on it as well i mean the positive for me is i think it's going to make traffic to the stage a lot easier when it becomes awards time yeah 100 100 percent. yeah because middle area of the main room right like it used to be all booths and now it's just open for tables and clear line of sight to watch the awards which is good everybody can focus on all the hardware that's being handed out tonight yeah all right well let's get into it so bc beer awards let's do it now we're back in present day and uh yeah i also say 
It was nice to see everybody. And also uh, have to acknowledge Stephen Quinn as well for hosting the awards as well and doing a hell of a job yelling at everybody to shut up. Because, uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny, I gotta say. It kind of felt like it kind of felt like the teacher at like a school assembly when your kids yep. just like trying to get everybody to like be quiet so they can give the like morning announcements. Yeah, and and not like doing it once and then everybody's good for yeah. the the whole presentation. It was between every award. Yeah, because hey, everybody was all excited, man. Like this is we the were. first one in a few years. Like a lot of people from out of town we're down there for the event and we haven't seen each other. You could you tell know, the industry was jonesing for this event. <laughs> you could yeah. tell there's some pent up energy uh, flying around that room. Yeah. But I mean, so to my point that I was kind of saying of like, Oh, I kind of like going to the booths and talking to the breweries that are in town. I, I was talking about this with uh, Stephen Quinn and, and his suggestion was why don't all the brewery members next time have lanyards with their logo and then also clearly says where they're from because he's like, oh, be cool. well, Mighty Peace, you're down from Fort St. John. Thanks for making the trip. Like, you know, yeah. he said that's what he appreciates from the awards as well is chatting with all the breweries from out of town that we don't necessarily get down here in the lower mainland. Yeah, that's true. If you're not like super dialed into the industry and have been to a lot of these breweries or really follow their like social media accounts closely, probably wouldn't know that the person that just walked by you maybe brews one of your favorite beers or even just acknowledging like hey you just drove like yeah, 13 yeah, yeah. hours to come down to this thing so yeah. yeah overall though aaron what do you think about the new setup and them doing tall cans like do you think that that was positive you like the change everything seemed pretty efficient there i mean there wasn't really any lineups for anything mm-hmm. that that i remember and yeah i mean they, they were all well staffed those were huge bins with a lot of different varieties, yeah. but I mean, the bins were broken up. So it's like, I want a lager. I want to go to the lager section yeah. and IPA go over there. I will say great non-alcoholic selection as well. Yeah. Shout out to jazz for looking after me over there on the whole night and yeah, many, many different non-alcoholic things and a great cider section as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, it was a lot of, a lot of great options this year. I, I love the setup just because like throughout the evening, you could just, what style of beer am I feeling? Like, hey, I just had an IPA. I want something different. I want to go try something lighter. Okay, I'm going to go grab a lager. Or, hey, I feel like just trying something a little bit, I don't know, more out there. And you go over to like, I don't know where there's like a sour section. It just made it easy to like, op- like or sorry, easy to uh, navigate the rooms mm-hmm. and kind of try everything you want to try. And then they clearly had the full selection kind of laid out on the poster when you walked up to each booth. So yeah, kudos to the BCBA organization team on on the changes this year. And I think like, I don't know, just seeing like the breweries enjoy the night and be able to like have some beers and catch up Mm -hmm. with people that they've probably done, you know, collaborations with uh, maybe like even virtually and, and not seeing each other in person for a long time with some of the breweries from out of town. There also was an award for it, but I'll give them one here. This is the drag special award is for best dressed goes to faculty. They were all, they were dressed up for the Oscars. Like they, they (laughs) went full out. Oh, I don't remember that. That's crazy. Oh yeah. No, the whole team there from fully suited and booted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ball gowns, everything. Amazing. It was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, great and great, great time that day. And then, and I was like, yeah, it's nice that you guys dressed up. And they're like, we wanted to. It's awards. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, like we said, like people were jonesing for for the award show. It had been a while, and I mean, there's there's in some cases it made some of the awards like even harder to win. Like for example, the Rookie of the Year award which went yeah. to Smuggler's Trail Cask Works. They opened in 2019, correct? Um, I believe, yeah, just at the tail end of, yeah, 
well, it was definitely after the last beer, beer awards in, mm-hmm. in 2019. And I think, yeah, I think it might've been either December or January. So, I mean, um, we, you know, had a chance to chat with them, but like, and, and they shared their excitement for, for the win, but yeah, obviously way tougher to win an award like that when you're going against you know, every three years of brewery since 2019 <laughs> yeah. until now. Yeah. But yeah, no, we spoke, uh, we spoke to Tom, the brewmaster there and yeah, let's uh, hear the instant reaction. All right. Here with a friend of the podcast and now the award winning rookie of the year, Tom, the smugglers trail. <laughs> Not a big deal at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. It feels really good. I didn't know that we were even going to be in it because I wasn't sure. It's like, you know, we didn't open this year, but now it kind of feels like we beat out three years worth of breweries for the rookie so oh, yeah because you know, yeah because uh, what did they say it was any brewery that's open from september of 2019 till now right yeah. they didn't even know that we were in it so it's it's an extra special honor to be a rookie of the year that's even harder to win it it's, because you've had like three people of breweries that have been opening yeah. yeah yeah it's first i thought i was like oh well we've been open for a while so we've been able to perfect our beers a little bit but yeah. like just we i think we beat like 60 breweries which is just amazing i'm so happy right and so what would you say that you focus on as a brewer at smugglers trail man just focusing trying to do more small batch trying to perfect the craft and try and head it in a direction that bc the craft beer scene hasn't hasn't been well represented in which is that uk cast style and like we won two awards in that style so i'm super happy and it just it's a good validation to say like oh you're like you're headed in the right direction yeah things on your you're doing things in your own terms Yes. And we're, we're, we're learning at the same time. Uh, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't a hazy IPA award that we won. It was a UK style award that we won, uh, two of them and, and, and a logger. So I'm just super happy. Those are solid, like technical styles that I just really enjoy brewing. So that's, that's the direction that we're going. And it's just a validation. And for, for listeners, whereabouts are you guys located? Uh, we're in Langley, North Langley area just right off 200 right by uh, the brand new tap house uh, the barley merchant so we're right over there we're in a great area up and coming area with lots of breweries starting so Langley's up and coming so come out give us give us a visit <laughs> been there beautiful tree right there in the middle of the bar it's a great it's a great tasting room yeah come out we have a tree <laughs> we have a big tree tree in the middle of the tasting room? we have a big ass tree it's it's gorgeous so you built your tasting room around a tree yeah so uh, when i okay so when they said a tree i thought it was gonna be a real tree but it's a log it but it's a tree we, it's a, <laughs> we call it we call it a tree it counts it <laughs> yeah, counts, it counts. Yeah. well great to see you tom <laughs> yeah, good to see you. thank you so much man. you guys on rookie of the year that's huge thank you so much appreciate it tom was very excited there uh, and as as he should be i mean rookie of the year against uh, i think they said what 20 or 22 different breweries have opened up yeah um, like crazy amount and then just chatting with him it got me like really excited to go check them out because i haven't been out to smugglers trail aaron you mentioned before we started recording that you'd, you'd been out there but mm-hmm. you know the cask ale style is something that's not done by a ton of breweries so it's cool that they're kind of carving out that neat they're carving out that niche obviously we used mm-hmm. to have real cask over at callister that they, you know they're no longer doing real cask at callister Obviously, we've got Main Street that has some excellent cask ale beers as well. But yeah, it's just not like, you know, it's not a popular style, I would say, to brew in BC. So it's cool that they've they found their niche and they're getting rewarded for it with a couple of awards. And then uh, the big one, which was the Rookie of the Year. So yeah. And then, I mean, for me, like the awards are always a time to catch up with a lot of the beer media folks and, and friends that... You know, previous to the pandemic, we'd see quite a bit at these different beer related events. But since then, like 
you know, we're just starting to get back into that world and that swing of things. And so, you know, I hadn't seen quite a few of them in a while. So yeah, just catching up with everyone. And then, yeah, we hadn't seen uh, our buddy, Tim, who has since, um, you know, during the pandemic opened up a super successful brew pub, The Barley Merchant. So yeah, like we were able to pull Tim away for a little bit and uh, he gave us a lowdown on everything he's been doing over the at The Barley Merchant for the last 18 months. And Really cool to to hear about their story. Okay, so we're with, well, a friend from the beer industry, but he hasn't been on the podcast. So this is his debut. 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 It's, it's a big moment. Like, I don't know. Is he ready for this? I don't know. I don't know. He and I have had some good times together, namely Denver, Colorado. The uh, Beer Festival. Yes. yes. Humble Flex. Humble Flex. Yeah. yeah. It is uh, the barley merchant himself. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty fantastic, guys. Pleasure to finally actually connect in such form here. Doing a little podcast touch, the BC Beer Awards. It's been a while. Like, I, I like when I saw you tonight, give you a big hu- hug, kiss on the lips, as we always do when we see each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but man, it's good to see you. And you guys, are, you're doing some big things over there at the Barley Merchant. Like, you guys, how many beers have you had on tap since you've opened? Last week, we actually just passed 700 unique BC craft beers. That's that's mental. That's actually crazy. Yeah. And to think that we are at the BC Beer Awards and that's how much beer is happening because, I mean, you feature all, well, the majority of the BC breweries, right? Like, Yeah, no, absolutely. So we've been open for just over 15 months. And so far, we've had 110 different BC breweries on tap. And I thought it was pretty funny when all the awards were being handed out and seeing all these breweries that I hadn't even, I had to look up to see where they were located. Granted, I'd heard of them, but I didn't know where they were and they're winning awards. And I'm like, after 700 beers, I'm getting FOMO that I'm not representing, (laughs) you know, BC craft beer well enough because there's just so many amazing beers being made by super rad people. Yeah. I mean, I'll say kudos to Tim, like even just walking out here to, to tape this little hit, like He's hustling, you know, he's some of these, some of these breweries, like, you know, like he's, that he hasn't had on, he's trying to get them on because he wants to represent, right? Like I've seen the business card come out once or twice tonight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we were just chatting with the folks from, from Bayview there 100%. and you know, them and small gods and beacon and all these yeah. guys from the Island, you know, we don't get a lot of distribution here on the lower mainland from the Island, from the little guys, the ones that are starting up stuff from the Comox Valley, Gladstone's cleaning up with some awards tonight. And those are the ones that I'm like, how do I get those? Like, yeah. Other than like loading up my lovely wife and going on a little craft beer tourist adventure <laughs> to the island and seeing who wants to slide me a 50 liter keg here and there so I can bring it back and introduce it to the people of Langley and all the, you know, beer aficionados that have learned to come to the Barley Merchant yeah. just because they know that it, the tapless is going to be different than what it was when they were a week ago. It's awesome what you're doing over there. What I want to ask you is now on the other side as a business owner, I mean, you've been in the industry for a while. Uh, restaurant industry. Restaurant I've, been, industry. I've been in the restaurant industry for yeah. almost 30 years. Exactly. But now as a business owner, yeah. what are over the last you know year or so, what are some of the big learnings? Like what's what's something where you're like, holy sh like there's a big learning as I'm running my own business. I mean, I'm sure there's quite a few, but what's like one big takeaway for you? The one big takeaway is that there's a thousand takeaways. <laughs> the the whole idea with opening a business, like I've been a restaurant manager my whole life. I took a lot of pride in the fact that I always said I ran a business like I owned it. And I felt like that's why, you know, I, I had some really great experience experiences in this industry. And then I became an owner and I realized I never ran a place like I owned it. There's yeah. so much more to it. And it all boils down to the people. 
And it's the people that walk through my back door every day, having a team that's dedicated and committed to kicking ass every day and taking really good care of them. We have a staff of almost 100 people that work there to make the Marley Merchant happen every day. And that's probably the thing I'm most proud of, not the 700 beer, the 110 different breweries. That's that's a huge bonus of, of what we get to do. But that has been my favorite part about it. And as far as learnings go, like the motto at our place is, is let's just be better than yesterday because it's a really, really hard industry to be successful in. And a lot of the things that we do with rotating 34 craft beer taps and eight craft cider taps at the frequency that we do, it's really, really challenging to stay on the cutting edge, to make sure we're spreading the love around and acknowledging and then continuing to tell the stories of every single brewery that goes on top. Yeah. That's that's what we come to do and we love it. And the most amazing little thing that came about it was, you know, we set out to open a craft beer place and focus on BC craft, everything, BC beer, BC wine, BC spirits, and BC cider. There's nothing behind our bar that's not made in BC, but to have the elevated food program that we do with our executive chef, Haran Pereira at the helm, you know, people come for the beer and then they come back time and time again, because the beer and the food is, you know, we're really proud of what we're doing in that, in that department. We're trying to set ourselves aside from everybody else doing what we do. We've talked about it long enough. I think we got a road trip, dude. Yeah, I think we got to go to Langley soon. I was I was saying to Tim earlier that I, I told my parents when they were out there to go out and they had an awesome meal there. And I, they feel, like the, got, I feel like we're the only ones in the province who haven't been here. <laughs> I kind of feel like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, wouldn't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Tim that like, he introduced the bartender that was there that, that evening, introduced my mom to a, a new rum that she couldn't stop talking about. And was like, Chris, where can I get a bottle of this rum? I fucking love what I had, the barley merchant. So, I mean. And that was Divine's Honey Shine. There you go. Uh, Look from at that. Sanich, making rum out of, out of honey. It's amazing. Yeah. So we got to come through and we got to do a proper podcast of the barley merchant and uh, yeah, try, try, try out that amazing food list. And I mean, we we're talking to Aaron earlier about maybe a Northern BC flight. Get no, it Absolutely. Hey, if you guys uh, have hookups to get beer from out of town onto my taps, I'm all for it. You yeah. know, that's that's the whole thing. Let's see how far we can reach this thing. Yeah. Well, kudos to you, man. Like you guys have had a ton of success over your first year. And how long has it been now? A year 15, and a, 15 months, 15 I think. Months. I feel like I'm still talking about a newborn. Yeah. You know, it's 15 months. And, it can walk now, but it falls down all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah. still. You guys recently did was that big mural now that yeah. you have with a local artist to maybe talk a little bit more about that. So this gentleman, his name's Alex. I actually met him because as the craft beer tourist, I was following him on social media and he does some really amazing artwork that he'll put out in the woods. And it's all made out of like paint that's made out of sugar and paint or paper that dissolves. It's, it's very eco-friendly. And I was really fascinated with what he was doing. And then I learned that he was from my neighborhood. And one day he posted one and like this type of stuff that he puts on the trees, it melts away when it rains. Yeah. So I asked him to send me the coordinates. I rushed out there. I actually had a bottle of Purgatory from Steamworks. I'm like, this is going to be the best beer to get this super cool shot. And I got there and it rained and I didn't get oh. to see it. But that was kind of the beginning of us having this relationship. And I always knew that when we went to go put this mural on the wall that I wanted to try to find a way to get him involved. And he does it's spray paint and stencils. And so he, he kind of mapped it out and I just let him take creative license on it. And I absolutely love it. It has this, this vibrancy to the patio with the, with the hops and the barley. And uh, yeah, it really completes the space. So his name is Alex and he's in life studio, E N L I F E and studio on Instagram. You should definitely check him out. He's a great dude. For those of us who haven't been, how do we get there and how do we find out how to get there? 
so we probably have one of the easiest places to find in the Fraser Valley. You take Highway 1 out of whatever direction you need to come from. And we are 400 meters off the north side of the 200th Street exit. We're in the parking lot of the Colossus Movie Theater. And so there's always parking and, yeah, dinner and a movie or just dinner and drinks until you need to slide over to the Sandman for a little overnighter. Special mates rates with the Sandman there, a little promo. <laughs> I mean, I could probably trade some gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> great to see you, Tim. Yeah, great to see you guys. So good. And with that, <laughs> I'm happy to report that all of our hosting is paid for for next year. Thanks uh, to the swear jar there provided by Chris. Oh, um, can you tell that, that I had second. a few beers at that point? A couple. Just just a few. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, pros and cons of Telcans, eh? Great selection, but, you know, you have about four or five of them. And the next thing you know, you can barely talk. Yeah, we got a podcast <laughs> full of beeps coming up here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. Luke, just want to confirm you have not been to the barley merchant, right? No, I haven't. I've driven by it a few times, but never been able to carve out some time to stop. But I'm I'm in. I'm in when we want to go. Let's let's make I think it happen. We need to get this northern BC flight going. Like we gotta put some yeah, feelers I, out I there. I think your summer's already accounted for now, Luke. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> we're road tripping up north and then bringing back fifty liter kegs. <laughs> yeah, that'd be epic. I gotta say, Tim knows how to tape a hit. Like I told Sabrina as soon as I like got home, I was like, hey, we like we talked to Tim and I'm like, this guy's key messaging is dialed. He mentioned like as an owner promoting your own business, he mentioned like every like aspect of the barley merchant and like why it sets itself apart from other restaurants, other brew pubs. And he said it all without stuttering. He clearly can it's like, like had media training or something. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like he did man. his own media training from, you know, being a beer media guy for for several years. But I mean, yeah, you can just tell how passionate he is about what he's doing over there. And like you knew just his experience in the hospitality industry and his passion for craft beer through his craft tourist account. Like, you know, it all added up to him opening this this awesome business and it seems like he's really done it the right way so yeah we're stoked um on, on what he's he's done so far and yeah we yeah hope to go check it out soon in the new year and then you know it wouldn't be a, a dregs podcast if we didn't talk about q-town baby yeah i know our biggest <laughs> listener base in quinnell farky brew so yeah we ran into aaron dale fresh off another gold medal for the 52 foot stout which best out in bc i'm just I'm just just gonna say it you heard it here well i mean the words speak for it right like yeah you can't you can't really deny it and made with real birch syrup so it's more of a savory mm -hmm. type of stout i'm having a kelp stout which is you know similar lane perhaps. salty yeah <laughs> don't be salty about the salty and yeah aaron's always fun to catch up with um, super down to earth excellent brewer and anytime I can, yeah, talk to some some people from my hometown, I'm I'm always happy. So. We're here with a friend of the podcast, Aaron. Hi, podcast. Hi, Dregs. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, non-denominational podcast. <laughs> so, congratulations! It wouldn't be a BC Beer Awards if you didn't win one for fifty-two foot stout. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm pretty pretty happy about it. Hard Hi. hard hard question. Uh, so, how many years in a row is this now of of an award for it? I don't think that actually is true. I think we didn't get an award last time. Last, last time, time. I, find I, it, I, I find that hard to believe, but I mean, I, I think it's actually true. Okay, well, the, true. the internet sleuths will tell us, yeah. Uh, but anyway, 
So how, how are things going in Quinell, our, uh, our hotspot for uh, listeners of the dregs? Pretty good. It's pretty nice there. It's been very warm until last week and now it's snowing and we have a lovely patio. Our patio this year is awesome. We've got heaters. You know, we're making it very comfortable for everybody to okay. enjoy the place. So have you got the enclosed patio again this year, the setup? No, we don't have... I don't know if they're going to do this. We got gazebos, actually. So we have a couple, like, metal gazebos. And we have, like, propane heater with, like, really nice patio furniture. It's quite... Yeah, it's pretty pretty nice. Nice lighting. And, you know, it's quite comfortable. And we had a really nice summer. So it was really easy. I'm not sure. We've got heaters for the winter. I don't know how. We're supposed to be having movie days and we're going to have one outside. I think we're going to do, oh, I don't know if I should tell you, but I think we're going to do Strange Brew outside in the winter and everybody has to wear their snowmobile suits. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, right? Projector screen. Is there a uh, new beer recently that you're really proud of? Not necessarily that you entered in the awards, but something in the tasting room that uh, you've come up with. Big Strike. We have a new IPA that I, it's my go-to beer right now. It's like not even 5.9%. It's hazy. It's probably more bitter than most hazy IPAs, but it's, I'm really enjoying it. That's, and we have a couple special things coming for Christmas. So, you know, little winter, winter warmers. As long, as well as a 52 foot stout. Now the award-winning 52 foot stout. As as well as just to, uh, yeah, exactly. To keep it company. Right. And uh, is the ant flow still around? Are you still making that? We haven't. We will. We haven't made it in a while, but I think maybe this spring we're going to be putting out some smaller batches so we can put some more fun stuff out. We have a new brewer and he's got lots of ideas and I'm very excited to have somebody with lots of ideas and we're going to make them reality. So that'll be fun. It's exciting. I want to get your just take on being back at the BC Beer Wars. They've been on hiatus due to the pandemic for a couple of years, but energy in the room tonight is palpable. Like it's it's a vibe in there right now. So like, how are you feeling just being back here at the awards? Obviously winning awards a big deal. Like, how are you feeling just about the evening? It's pretty nice. People are pretty happy and friendly. And it's like, it's like everybody was just allowed out or something. It's like recess. <laughs> <laughs> It's like recess when you've had to have it indoors for a week and everybody's, yeah, it's good. It's fun. And I like the setup. I like, there's more things like, you know, there's video games and there's, there's things to do, which is nice. And I think people are pretty happy to not be having to pour. Like they have little stations and I like that. And you can, yeah, it's nice. It's quite nice. Awesome. Did I use that word more? Nice. It's nice. It's, it's really nice. It's, it's really... Well, as as my dad, who I don't know if you know, he's from Quinell. We were kind of talking about that earlier. He would say choice. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's an excellent that's choice. That's a choice word. That's a choice word, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so for our listeners, mainly from Quinell, this winter, you're going to want to go to Troll Mountain. You're, wanting, you're going to want to get the gold medal winning 52-foot stout on tap. Yes. In a can. In a can. In a can. In a can. Tap straight from the tree. <laughs> directly from directly the, from the tree. It's right at the bottom of the troll. Yes. Well, great to see you, Aaron. <laughs> Good to see you, Aaron. Good to see you, Chris. Good to see you as well. Yeah. It's fun. Nice. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Thank you. All right. Always a fun time seeing Aaron. And uh congrats to the team at Barkerville again for an, another award for the 52 foot stout hell yeah she's the best she's just so pleasant to talk to she was teasing that barkerville releasing some upcoming winter seasonals and i'm looking on their instagram page right now and they actually just came out 
a week ago with what they're calling their winter rations Belgian quad. And I, mm. it sounds delicious. I've never seen them release a Belgian quad before. So this might be a first for Barkerville, but you bet your butt I will be trying this beer out if it's still there in bottles when I go down to Quinnell in two weeks. So I think you may want to text Aaron and yeah. say, can you put one aside, please? <laughs> I, I might have to actually do that. Yeah. And then they also came out with, they did their own advent calendars. So they had 12 tall cans and then they also had a bunch of kind of merch items. So they called it the mother load of holiday advent calendars, which obviously ties into the whole gold rush theme, but also ties into the fact we used to have a car wash up near my house in Quinnell called mother load wash. So it no since has, has believed may have rebranded, but a lot of businesses in Quinnell love the, uh, the gold rush themed branding. Why not? Right. Have you ever washed your car at the mother load wash? Um, you mean, did I ever wash my parents' car Oh yeah, as a kid? <laughs> no. Fun fact. My dad is so, so anal about washing vehicles. It's like my dad would wash a vehicle at the mother load wash before we go like driving on the highway to Prince George in the winter. So I'd, I'd look at my dad, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, we're going to drive three kilometers through Quinell city center on the way to the highway to Prince George. And the car is going to be filthy. Like, why are you watching? For some reason, it was just like, he just, he likes his things to look a certain way. And he's just so specific about the cleanliness of vehicles that it was like, it was like a weekly thing. And me as a car owner now, like, I think I wash my vehicle biannually. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure too, like whenever my dad sees like our vehicle, his kids' vehicles, me and my brother Cam and my other brother Cole, like he sees them with dirt on them. Like, I think he's cringing that like the whole time. Yeah, like, like if it was oh, up to Your him. whole strategy, Chris, is like to everybody, they just think you keep buying a new car. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought you had a gray car. Like, oh, you got a red car now? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think though, if I handed my dad like the keys to my car, he'd probably just go wash it because it just probably irks him so much that there's like dirt on like, yeah, on, on our cars. So pretty funny. But I digress. But, um, yeah. And then also we did play those clips out of sequence. So no, uh, Chris didn't magically sober up between that. And that was just earlier in the night. <laughs> was he sober there? <laughs> I was hoping nobody would catch that. It's like, oh, you must have taken like an hour off. Just hit the water station, had a couple non-alcoholic ones with Aaron there. And then next thing you know, he's just, <laughs> he's flying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, last bit of the BCP Awards, huge shout out to Gladstone taking Brewery of the Year. They just cleaned up in all categories. Yeah. Uh, and then also a bunch of other friends of the podcast, including Slackwater with uh, with the Design Award. I, I love the, the fact they do these Design Awards. Uh, I don't know. It's a cool, like, added kind of like, because obviously marketing beer is such a huge component of the industry these days. There's so many what there's over there's what almost 250 breweries in the province now something like that mm -hmm. so if you're going to stand out on on shelves like you have to have awesome branding in addition to the beer inside that can or bottle being excellent so it's cool that they recognize that yeah Slackwater getting the tap handle best tap handle award and then packaging for their low tide lager i believe backcountry won for like best social media presence which I think they have like every year they've done these marketing awards because they just come up with these crazy skits and like characters and like they do these full on like video productions every time they like release this beer, it seems like, which 
I don't think many breweries are are doing anything close to that. So kudos to them. And then the big one too is the Legend Award. So the BC Craft Beer Legend Award going to none other than Nigel Springthorpe, who I mean, so much has been done by that guy um, to make the beer industry what it is today. One of the original people involved in the Alibi Room, also one of the owners of Brass Neck, and then more recently Magnet. So huge congrats to Nigel. Very well. Uh, and I mean, got that that place erupted when when it was announced. So it was great to see all the support from everybody. Yeah, that seemed like kind of the pinnacle of hype of the whole event when he got that trophy and kind of lifted it up. And like, it was kind of near the end of the awards and everybody, yeah, like huge standing ovation. Really cool to just witness that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's great. Nigel's a great guy and uh, it was great for him to be acknowledged uh, on a very special night in BC beer awards. Well, in BC beer in general. So, yeah. all right guys, well, without getting too into the weeds, we're kind of looking back. This is the time of the year where you kind of look back and you kind of look ahead and, uh, you, you know, we kind of, kind of, kind of see how did the year go and, uh, you know, what, what do we have planned for the thing? So I think maybe I can just, we should just turn this segment into an extended moments of wisdom here because <laughs> Luke, what, what did you learn this year? What is the biggest collective moments of wisdom? Shall we say? I swear to God, if this is 20 related again, I'm going to about get on with the get on with the poop i don't know if i have a whole collective words of wisdom but maybe um i don't know i mean i was looking back we did six episodes this year i guess this one's going to be number seven so and i mean it feels like we do these kind of few and far between but i guess it actually is a lot more than we don't i think seven's a good number so maybe just kind of a a pat on the back for aaron for pumping these things out for us because i mean Chris and I get on here and we we say a few dumb things and then Aaron, Aaron does 30 hours of editing. So I think the dedication maybe, it took to it make me like sound it. intoxicated in that previous clip, like the editing and the filters, oh, no, filter. the, no, the it's, filters it's, that you had to use there. I don't know what program you had to purchase to do that. But like, man, I hats off to you, honestly, like the dedication to his craft is just just insane yeah for sure so i don't know maybe maybe it sounds like a cheesy word of wisdom but like be thankful for the year that you had and look at the good stuff and and appreciate friends and and the work that you did be but thankful I mean, for I, your friends i do have a kind of a, a word from wisdom that was actually triggered by a email that we got from thunderdog i don't know if, if anybody Wh- else what? else saw this but it's the email is say what now the email is titled am i number two and the answer to that question is yes you are so we got a <laughs> we got a we got an email from a friend of the podcast sean mitchell also known as the oh. the running beer nerd on instagram wait we actually got one yeah we got one. Oh, shout out sean that's <laughs> awesome so yeah it was Thanks for sending that email. And yes, you are number two. Malcolm was the first. He will always be the first, uh, but you will always be the second. But um, it, <laughs> that, that wait, that was the subject line. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> but I was. Uh, god, you're the best. I was looking through through Sean's Instagram, Instagram, and of course his, you know, running beer nerd. His he runs and drinks beer. He's a he's a big runner, and uh, so am I quite a big runner that I do about one run a year, if that. And I recently did that maybe a month or two ago. And Luke does it so infrequently (laughs) that he texts me every time he goes for a run. So Luke's like, hey, 
I saw you on Strava and I think Luke mentions it like, <laughs> hey, I saw your run on Strava to so that I will make a comment and be like, so you were ch- you just went for a run. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I actually did when I was you texting did. you. But that's also safety thing. So if, if dangerous, though, Luke. Well, no, but if something should happen, at least you know where Luke is. He's out yeah, on the you know, run. Yeah, you, you can find me on Strava if, you, if they need to locate my body, um, <laughs> which they almost did need to. I I thought I stretched enough, and maybe it's because I'm going to be 35 next year, but, you know, rolling around on the ground here on my, like, you know, the hot dog with all the spikes. I got that all under my legs. I'm putting oh, the my, hot dog with the spikes. Got a hot dog weight on it. These aren't what they get at Ikea, are they? They're, no, no, no. That's no. not the wieners, the Ikea wieners they're slanging, are they? Not, not the dollar veggie dog, no. But holy smokes. And I, I did this run, and then, of course, at the end of it, I feel like my knees are exploding. And I have this, I guess it's like IT band thing. I've only figured this out when I thought I was mm-hmm. I was dying. So I was doing some Googling and figured out it's my IT bands that turn to lead as soon as I do any anything faster than a brisk walk. So, but I'm the type of exerciser where, you know, I set my sights on a certain goal and I just push it until it's done. And that's not too smart with if you haven't run for an entire year. No, no. So needless to say, I was feeling it. So maybe kind of a fitness training, words of wisdom, start slow and stretch big. <laughs> stretch big. Or you'll feel it. <laughs> Luke's got, uh, Luke doesn't have the dad bod, but he's got the dad bands. Yeah. Oh my God. And, I, and I think uh, <laughs> there's the perfect thing to print on some athletic wear. So Dreg's athletic wear 2020. Oh, we have to there. do a, a collab with with uh, Sean. Just just you know, a little Dreg's athleisure. Not let's not say athletic wear. Let's go with athleisure because, <laughs> yeah. like Luke said, we ain't getting over a brisk walk. <laughs> oh yeah, sweatpants. Yeah, but uh, but the next time you do feel like a run, you should go join Sean because they do a circuit and a group of them like this so they run to each other's houses and they have a beer cooler out on the stoop of each house and so you just stop at the house have a beer and then continue this sounds like you're kind of that sounds like maybe i can be like that you know the the follow vehicle that makes sure everything is safe for the runners (laughs) but but i'll be on like a e-bike or something you have to be like um did you guys see that video this is probably a very niche reference but so I got to Google this because I don't want to mispronounce his name, but the world record holder, oh, Kipchoge, the world record holder in the marathon in his recent breaking of his own world record, I guess he has his specific water bottle, like handoff guy. So at every water station, he has a guy that hands like is dedicated to just handing him a specific water bottle. Hours of training have gone into just this. 100%. Think of like, his equivalent to like an F1 pit stop. Like that's how serious this is and how like practice it is. It's basically this guy who just hands him his water bottle, gets on the road bike and just hammers it to the next stop that they've obviously determined like this is where I need my next drink of water. And they, I mean, Lance Armstrong had to do something after the Tour de France. (laughs) (laughs) But the dedication that this guy put into this and like the seriousness he put into it obviously worked because Kipchoge broke his world record again just over two hours in the marathon but there's a five minute like montage of like every water bottle handoff to kipchoge and it is just the like craziest video like this guy's just down this guy should have won a medal for like the effort he put into it and just hauls ass on the road bike to the next stop gets off sets up i mean it's not hard to pick out 
Kipchoge out of the rest of the competitors because he's like at the front of the pack for pretty much the whole time. But still, not one bottle was dropped that day. So now I want to go into our dregs budget here and hire me a water bottle guy to hand me off on my editing marathons when I'm uh, doing these shows here. I, I need I need that handoff on the water bottle guy. Yeah, certainly. we could probably just put that under that unpaid intern that we never hired. Long li- laundry list of of duties. Mm-hmm. Ray, just right above starting a TikTok account because Luke's never going to do that. Hey, so we got so bro. far off topic. Luke, did does Sean actually have a question for us, or oh, yeah. was it just a subject line that says "Am I number two? It, and that's it? And there's no there's a apology in there for taking a while to listen to one of the episodes, but uh, no, the only question was "Am I number two? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no apology needed, Sean. More than made up for it with with emailing us. <laughs> And I might be over on the island in a couple of weeks, so I'll bring you some stickers, Sean. So there you oh, go. Oh, wicked. That's our delivery service. It's whenever Aaron is on the island. <laughs> so pretty much equivalent to Canada Post. <laughs> How do you know my side hustle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I mean, uh, wrapping up the year, I mean, uh, you know, this is the time. I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I mean, I, I really need to take more detailed notes of what we mentioned here on the show, but I never really do new year's resolutions. I kind of do yearly themes and I've been doing this for a few years. What's your theme of this year, Aaron? Well, the theme of 2022 was the year of substance. And that was just more meaningful relationships in my life, more quality work. Uh, And um, yeah, you know, I've definitely worked towards that. And there's been a couple of events of catching up with a few key people in the last few weeks um, that I'm like, man, like, I'm really glad that I have invested in these relationships. And and then also like looking back at some of the work I've done. And um, that's that. Do I feel like I've completed it? Not really. So I'm kind of wondering, do I continue on on the theme for next year? But that's, and that seems that's like for a, me to think about. That seems like a great theme. So I feel like you can never really complete that per se, right? But like, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome that you're putting that that effort into it. But the theme is that loose where it's, you know, instead of like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds or something mm-hmm. like that, right? It's, it's, you can change it to be like the year of health. And, yeah. and so you're at least still working towards healthy habits. Um, I like that and, because which ultimately pit it off. The, the whole thing about new year's resolutions is like, I think people make like a, such a specific goal. And then if you don't hit it, then you, like, if people aren't seeing that result in the, like results in the first month or couple weeks or whatever it is, then they get discouraged. And then they like the whole joke about new year's resolutions is like, nobody ends up following through with them. So if you make it more of like a theme to me, it's more achievable and you give yourself that like time to to like ease into it and also try to sustain it. Like if you, you know, you want to, you know, have more books involved in your life, call it the year of reading. And that might also just include reading more newsletters, TikTok long form articles, you know, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. subject lines to <laughs> the two emails we get a year. <laughs> Comment sections. <laughs> yeah. Buzzfeed, but, uh, Buzzfeed uh, clickbait articles. Yeah. So yeah, that's, and this is the time where I, I start sitting down and go, hmm, what do I want for the year ahead? And uh, work on my theme there. How about, how about you guys? Do you uh, do anything similar in that vein or anything you kind of toiling with to accomplish with? And Yeah, not really resolutions. I've never been a big resolution guy, but I mean, I, I like I like your, your approach to it for sure. Because I mean, you definitely kind of, you know, the last week or two of the year, you'd have some time to kind of sit and think and... So yeah, you definitely kind of think about what you want. And I, I guess in the past I've done kind of loose hopes and dreams, but I've, I don't have anything on the books this year. I mean, next, but something might show up maybe to deal with less feces. That's a good goal for everyone. 
I think. <laughs> I think of any of us, though, you definitely need to make that a priority. Yeah, shouldn't have got two cats. But also, it's kind of out of his hands, too. <laughs> or is it in his hands? <laughs> we don't. Well, I, I think we're in a good place because I think Aluna is going to be starting some potty training in the next uh, few months. So hopefully that'll solve a little bit of, <laughs> of that issue. You know what? That seems like a big uh, goal for 2023. Like if you can conquer that by the end of 2023 as a family, like that's a huge, yeah. that's a huge win. <laughs> that's a, that's taking a load off oh, yeah. oh wow <laughs> or is it a mother load off <laughs> only in quinell <laughs> what about you chris yeah. i don't have any like resolution i don't think for next year I, would, I don't know maybe just to be more active i feel like i've been in a bit of rut a bit of a rut with like yeah like working out and and running consistently and i'm playing hockey this weekend uh this weekend at the time of taping and I am frightened because when you play hockey like once a month, which I pretty much do, you're usually kind of sucking wind on the bench between shifts already. And I'm coming off of week-long cold, which no, it was not COVID because I tested myself like a ton of times. Somehow I've still managed to dodge that bullet. But yeah, I think like hockey is going to be an absolute struggle this weekend, but at least I'm being active. But yeah, I think for 2023, like I want to try to, yeah, run more, skateboard more, hopefully get up snowboarding more. And uh, yeah, I, I want to golf a lot, a lot more in the spring, summer, fall. So I'm going to try to try to take, take up golf a little bit more, more seriously. Oh, here we go. You already have it worked out. The year of movement. The year of movement. Wow. Hit me up Fitbit for a uh, for a new ad campaign. What about the year of dislocating your shoulder? Did somebody recently do that? Oh, no, I just say that. I went to a driving range a few years back, and I think I tore my bicep off of my body by probably not stretching <laughs> and never golfing. <laughs> Luke, it sounds like you also need to do the year of like movement. Also, just really ease into it because it sounds like your body is just... No, Luke's having broken. the year of cautious momentum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's also oh, clear to oh, me oh. as I say it out loud. <laughs> Yeah. You're struggling over there a little bit. Eh? Mm-hmm. I think you need, you know, those like when professional athletes or like serious athletes, like they finish a workout or, or a game um, or a race, they like put on the, uh, they put on those uh, basically like leg sleeves that fill with basically super co- ice cold water. They're called like icebreaker. Like there's a bunch of different brands that do them, but it sounds like you need like a full body like version of that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like Luke gets a driving range. He comes home. He's just like in this human cast filling with like ice cold water, just like trying to heal him. <laughs> oh God. Shout out my parents. You're going to be getting me some sweet gifts. <laughs> Hopefully. Finally getting that PS2. Yeah, okay. First of all, PS2 Slim, when we got that and we got Guitar Hero, I mean, that was like one of the best years ever. And who could forget? You reminiscing about uh, the PS2 and Guitar Hero there being the best thing. I think that the best Christmas memory for me is when we got the family computer. Oh, yeah. And the thing was, it was massive because I'm older than you guys, but you know, it's, uh, it was massive because computers were massive back then, but it was a gateway computer. So it was these giant cow print boxes that were underneath the tree oh, yeah, yeah. on Christmas morning. So I don't know if you remember gateway computers, but you know, they're all cow print boxes. Yeah, I remember the box. So, I'm going to, th- I'm going to mm-hmm. throw it into Google images here just to reminisce. Okay. <laughs> I do remember the, the whole idea of the family computer, like before laptops were mm-hmm. a thing. And that was such a funny idea as kids, because 
now we take like this instant messaging and texting like for granted. Like as kids, I remember you'd get home from school and then you'd fight over who gets the computer to go on. It was usually like one of three things. It was either MSN messenger to talk to your friends mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. hotmail because like, why do we, I was ICQ. Yep. Why, why do I need to send an email as like a 11 year old to my friends who I will see in like six hours in school again? Or it was like roller coaster tycoon because mm -hmm. I want to build the Great best game. theme park in the entire world. Or the third was usually playing a random video game where if you look back at the graphics now, like NHL 2004, it's hilarious to look at the graphics. Mm -hmm. But in, at the time, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Google image search for gateway computers has brought me to the subreddit nostalgia, which I'm just quickly scrolling through and smiling. <laughs> but uh, it brings me to one of the other the pieces of nostalgia that I was looking at the other day is the old uh, was it Columbia House records, the mm -hmm. like the super thin paper catalog and you get like the 14,000 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for a penny or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The deal to kill any company, right? But yeah, those were those were funny. I, it's funny you kind of live through those. Th those things are such a huge part of your life, and you completely forget about them for twenty years, and then you just look back. It's a weird, weird experience. The one thing I've been talking about with some of our friends that are our parents um, who have young kids that is just kind of trippy to think about is like how good kids are with tech, like even compared to like their parents, like how you can give. Mm -hmm like a three-year-old an iPad and they can like know how to like skip YouTube ads and like find their next like video with like out of like the the show they like. And to me, that's just so crazy, crazy to think about where like there's obviously an equivalent of when we were kids, something like in mm -hmm. the physical world that we were good with uh, and well adept with. But to me, it's just crazy to think that like a kid can go and like YouTube, like scroll around, find the content they like, skip things, pause, play, like, and they can, they, they can barely talk. I was having coffee with a friend the other day and we were with her two-year-old and I like went over to get the table and the two-year-old got into her mom's bag, took the phone out, managed to unlock it, turned around and she's pointing the phone at me. And so I just kind of waved thinking, oh, that's, she's just pretending to take a picture. No, she actually took a picture. <laughs> no <of me>. way. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then when she came over, she did this motion that was just like such an adult motion of like trying to put your phone in the yeah, pocket yeah. on the sideway <laughs> in her jacket. And like everybody in the coffee shop was just laughing at her because she was just strutting in. Like oh she was just God. like her mom just tried to put her phone in her Kids pocket. These days are intense. Yeah. That was just the start of it. She was going to use that photo to get make a fake passport for somebody, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's like in Italy just pretending she's Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean this isn't me? <laughs> oh, my God. Do you have a favorite Christmas memory there or holiday memory there, Luke, since since we shared? Um, or tradition. Do you have like a, a Christmas tradition your family does? Well, yeah, we have a... So in Slovakia, we do this thing called... Mikulash, which is essentially like Slovak Santa. I think he's kind of common all throughout Eastern Europe, but we just did it with our daughter for the first time. And it happens on December 6th. And what you do is you put your boot out on the window and it gets filled with like treats and stuff. I guess it's essentially just stockings for people from Eastern Europe. So it's got to be like a like dirty. Really? <laughs> like we use none of this fake boot business. <laughs> these are real yeah, boot. Yeah. <laughs> like a Steel dirty work boot on the boot. window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we did that for the first time for, I haven't 
it hasn't happened for for me. I put my boot out every year, and it's just a boot in the morning with just smelly gold in the bottom of it. I was in there <laughs> the night before already, but yeah, she was cute. She had a she had a good time, and we didn't know if she was going to be old enough to kind of notice that it appeared there, and it's all that stuff was for her. But she was super into it, so that was fun. Yeah, that's a fun little thing. We'll keep going with her for sure. That's wicked. All right, guys. Well, great to see you. It's been another great year, and I don't know. I think we might be really setting ourselves up to do some big things with the drags next year, man. We're in road trips, promising to bring people kegs. Um, <laughs> We're going to be like a shipping company. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait to be the FedEx. Drag, just drag FedEx logistics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to charge. We're going to charge. Uh, it's a flat rate. Uh, it's <laughs> one year salary for all three of us. <laughs> um but yeah we're i'm excited for next year it's yeah even even though you know we're doing maybe one episode every couple of months it's it's always fun chatting about beer and yeah i mean just shout out to the township of quinnell and everybody else like like sean and shout out malcolm see the sky beer guy and also the beer brothers uh and all of our other listeners out there but our our the, the small but loyal following Thanks for supporting us over the last couple of years. And yeah, we'll have some some cool stuff coming in 2023. We obviously got to get out to the Barley Merchant. We've got a couple other episodes in in the works. And thanks for listening to us. Yeah. And also huge shout out to our guests and guests these year and this year, because yeah, we having more guests on the show. One of them being Jordan Foss. That was a great chat that we had with that him. That was awesome. Really insane. Uh, and then also Fiona from Sansorium, Canada's premier non-alcoholic marketplace. Um, so that that was a very different episode. And then plus everybody we chat to at uh, Vancouver Craft Beer Week and also in this episode at the BC Beer Awards. Yeah. Yeah. And more more guests to come. But yeah, shout out to to everyone for that's been on the pod and for sharing their their wisdom. And our listeners in Japan. And with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, is it more than one? It's two. <laughs> well, yeah. We need to figure that one out. All right, guys. Cheers, nice guys. Uh, happy holidays. and See you next year. Have a happy new year. <laughs>